0: Listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the Senior Pastor of the Covenant Nation. First Peter 2 verse 1, sorry. It says, where, no, 2 verse 1. It says, wherefore laying aside all malice, which means any form of malice in the situation just it aside. Guile hypocrisies, envies, evil speaking, as newborn beings, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, which means lay aside all of these things and then desire during that time the sincere milk, which means turn to the word of God and begin. In fact, if we look at it in message translation there, uh, James 1, all right, then grafted word of God. Uh, just put up that in message translation. I like the way he says it. That God wants to change the landscape of your life. James 1, all right. Okay, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil into the garbage. Which means forget about all what uh, somebody said this, somebody did that, just leave everything. In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word making a salvation garden of your life he wants you to learn this all right the power of the word Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1 to verse 3 everything is going to do he's going to do it out of that word all the commandments which i commanded this day shall thou observe to do that you may leave and go in put, multiply and possess the land which the lord god swore to your fathers And thou shalt remember all the way in which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what is thy heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. This is all it's about. Verse 3, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, and thy fathers then know, to make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded forth out of the mouth of God. So He wants to teach you this. The power, all right, of the words that proceed out of his mouth on a daily basis. So go to him in prayer. Lay aside the malice, the this, and all of that, and, and, and look at it, what the word of God is saying to you. And let the word minister to you. Listen, let the word produce it. I always say this. when we were going to have the vision for 10 years ago. And I entered Reverend Miko, I said this in the one study conference. He said, I, I said, I, I just want to get your opinion on this. I said, you know, like there are two streams, all right? I said there's a stream where people pray and you, you just want God to change things on the outside. And then the second stream that will go through the word that came out of Tulsa, he said, I understand what you're saying. All right? He said, What you're talking about is those two streams, which means, you know, we're praying, pray. God, do something, do something. The second is we pray, then sit with the word. And what we sit with that word. Until what we are seeing in the word, we begin to see it in our lives. That with an open face, we are beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. And we are changed into that same image. You will come to know the power that is in the word of God that in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and nothing was made without him that everything that god will do in your life he's going to do it right through the word of god so you sit with that word and allow the word to minister you'll hear the voice of god he will tell you what to do he will teach you you'll begin to instruct you the word will begin to speak to you and all right you start receiving direction based on what he is saying to you. Then again, ask God, all right, number five here, for wisdom in the relationships. I mean, I've talked about these relationships within your life. And there's one major thing he wants you to understand. All right, in James chapter 3 and verse 13, there's one major lesson he wants everybody to understand during that time. And I think this is what hinders people from, from, from fulfilling their destiny the most. Because it says, wherever there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. And he says this. Is there, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge? You know, he had told us in, in verse 6 of chapter 1 to ask for wisdom when you're going through a test. He says, whoever has this wisdom, all right, put up three here, endued with knowledge, let him show. Out of a good conversation, he works with the meekness of wisdom. You see, you go through things and you get wisdom. One of the character traits that God will develop in you is humility. All right? You'll be doing mighty things, but you'll be very humble. The reason is that in one of the things about a test is that you realize that God will show you that he's the doer of the work, not you. If you are not there, somebody else will do it. It's a very serious lesson to learn. When I was on campus, this uh, little thing I was talking about, I remember me and my friend, we resigned from the fellowship. And two of us were the foremost teachers in the fellowship. We resigned. We left. Okay? Um, Some of you might even know the gentleman now. If you follow him, because I hear a lot of, I mean, I, I see a lot of young people follow him on Twitter now. Um, was uh, Uncle Shola, do you know him? Huh? That talk about breaking soul ties. Uh, nobody follows him here. You know him now? Huh? Uh-huh. So you follow him. he was my best friend when we went to school. So yeah, the fellowship was about maybe 33 people when we resigned because he was going through a lot of crisis. One day, one of the members of the executive just came to see us. Of course, he, he, I mean, he looked like he was just having a conversation, but he was deliberate, you know. The Bible says that Paul said they added affliction to my bones. <laughs> he came, he said, ah, we're 106 today. Only God knows how to do his work. <laughs> what he was trying to tell us was. you people thought you were the chairman. God is moving, all right? I, I learned. I, I, I didn't even know the transformation that happened in my soul. Until when I became the president of the fellowship, I invited somebody who was like a senior colleague then, and some of my new reverend, Colleague Wushu, then, to come and teach. So we had a, like a faith conference. I invited him, my reverend Miko. So I went to introduce him to come up. He just came, when he came up, he said, Ah, you have changed. I didn't know I changed that much. He said, You are leading this fellowship and you shared for 10 minutes without quoting any Greek word? No Hebrew word? You just shared the scripture plainly, and said, ah, it says something has happened. I know, I know how you guys were in this fellowship. Anything Greek, Hebrew, the Hebrew word, the Greek word. You know, text and write Greek and Hebrew away from <laughs> yourself. It is just one simple instruction you followed that got you out of everything. You know that you can share Greek, Hebrew, Greek, Hebrew. All right? but hearing the voice of God is the key, all right, to it. So, it produces humility. Another thing there that it says here, so it says a wise man, endured with knowledge. Let him show out of a good conversation, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, this issue of bitter envy and strife, which is struggle there, sometimes even for power, all right, bitter envy, envious of people, you know, you have to come to understand this about life. The more people around you are successful, the easier it is for you to be successful. Come. Listen, you are doing damage to yourself by wishing somebody else not to move ahead. The more people around you are doing well. You know, when Starbucks, the coffee shop, all right, the biggest franchises in the world now, uh, when they started, the gentleman said they were going to areas and people with small coffee shops that have been doing, you know, just mom and pop coffee and I started getting angry were going to meet the government and their representatives that look, stop these people, they're dominating and all of this. And people haven't seen this. Even in ministry, you see people struggling and saying that, you know, eh, eh, church, there's a church in this area. Why do you bring your church to the area? We're already inside the area. Why bring-? People don't understand it. Why do you think you have financial districts? Why do you think when banks are in a place, all of them, all right, you see head office, a head office, a head office, a head. Because when things come together, they pull more people into that space. If you go to Lagos, it's a street in Lagos there in Ikeja. Major ministries are there because when you create a hub, you pull people. Look, whatever God has for you, He has kept it. Nobody can have access to it. Whatever other people have access to is not what God has kept for you. You might desire those things. You might like them. You might wish it was yours. But what God has for you, God has hidden it from others and even from you until you are ready. So this Starbucks, what they realized after some time, the people were complaining. After some time, they just noticed. Now, wait a minute. Our own businesses are growing. We're selling more coffee than Starbucks has come. Reason is, people will come to buy Starbucks because they will do their adverts. They will use their might to pull people into those areas. When they get there, some of them will see queues. Say, this queue is too long. Isn't there any other coffee shop around here? They look around. They find one small coffee, taste their coffee. Man, this is better than Starbucks. Ah, next time. I'm not even going to Starbucks again. This is where I'm coming to. See, I like drinking coffee. When I get to any airport, once I land, I come out. First, I look for his coffee. Once I look at the one I know, and there's a queue, I look for the one I don't know. And you go and try their coffee, and say, ah, this coffee is strong. This is, this is one. This one is like the one we drink in Africa. All right? So you, you, you adopt it. So don't ever think anybody's promotion has stopped you from getting what you are to get. Don't ever. And you will realize that what is restraining you is that you have put a cap on other people. Take that lid off. You don't know how much freedom. That's why it's not we don't have time. It's called the perfect law of liberty. All right? It's a perfect law of freedom. One of the things holding people back is the fact that, all right, they've put a cap and you can measure it where your own heart is. If you hear any news about somebody who has grown to a particular point and your heart reacts at that, that shows the limits you have put on your own self. You know when we say, as a man think it's so easy, if you read that scripture, what he's saying is, as you think towards others, so it is for you. That's what that scripture is really saying. So you find out that this person comes out. That's why he says, let patience have its power. They are very supportive of other people. Uh, they, they open doors, all right, for other people. They, they understand that, you know, you don't even need a position to be able to be of service there. They understand that there are channels that God wants to use, all right, to, to be. Look, let me tell you this. One of my major prayers, for, if when we say we hold the platform, one major prayer I pray is that let no minister preach on this altar and go back without having changes in their lives. And you've heard people say it. Like, you came to preach here, and your ministry, no, 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 no. It's not like, uh, you, you know, we're not calling people to use people. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. She said, when I came to preach a while back, she said, I was only going to where people called me, and people that I know. She said, after I preached here, she said, more people I don't know have called me to preach than people that I know. It has changed my entire ministry. Somebody came to preach once. I saw him. I said, Ah, you're going to America to go and preach. He said, Ah, Pastor, this Wabeko. I said, Are you serious? He said, This thing is Wabek. I said, Are you serious? He said, Yes. He said, There are many I won't tell you about. I looked at him, I said, You don't know how glad my heart is. He turned round. Ah! He said, You have a heart of a father. Not that. Ah, why did they call him? I'm not, am I not there? <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? They they didn't tell me. Why why can't they see somebody? Don't behave like that. When you have that thing there, you want people to be liberated and all of that, you, 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 you know, they say, the eye you use to find faults with others is the same eye you use to see opportunities in your own life. The degree to which you find faults with others is the same degree you would not see the opportunities God has placed for you. The more you wish for others to do well, the easier it is for you to succeed as a person. All right? And then finally, all right? We said have empathy. Uh, while you're going through things, have empathy for other people. Well, that's one of the things he want you. That's why uh, James said in James chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. He said, if a man says that if any man among you seems to be religious and doesn't bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, all right, and that's bread and song we don't speak evil of other people and deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. He says pure religion and undefiled before God is to is, is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Which means when people are going through things, when you're going through things, think more about not people should minister to you how you help other people and you can see that joseph was going through massive tests betrayed by his family thrown into jail lied upon but he had empathy for those two guys he said why is your countenance falling all right that's how it came out david they were going through a t- massive test they look here and his team they had just taken their wives their children bond everything they should be concerned about themselves be angry they were going and saw somebody that was down there and said, Look, if we give this person food and water, he'll come back alive. That's how they got to where they were going. And I'll close by saying this I wrote this here, but things have changed because I prepared this message yesterday. Now, for example, you may be going through things. And you remember Chelsea in the affliction. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they have won now, uh, they won yesterday. <laughs> I put it here. Remember to call a Chelsea fan, all right? Because they are going through a lot. Don't just sit down, you know, you have a Chelsea friend. Just call him that listen. The pendulum swings both ways, all right? God takes away the first to establish. Just find words of encouragement. But I, I checked. I saw that they the 131, but um, I couldn't let that go because he was already part of my notes. <laughs> so I said, Lord, give me wisdom to say it. He said, well, <laughs> all right, say that. But the point is, okay, have, all right, a, a, a call, your presence, a visit, supporting other people. These are the things he wants you to cultivate during that particular test so that by the time you come out, you have the character there for what he's about to bring into your life. There's a humility. There's the empathy. You don't speak evil of others. You you want others to succeed. You're in your heart. There's no strife. There's no, you've learned it. All right? You've learned it. Uh, Abraham understood that. Isaac knew that. They were told in the covenant, strife is the cancer to this thing, All right? If you're struggling over something, let it go. If, if you introduce, you know, there are people like that. You introduce them to people, and you become more friendly with the people that you introduce them to. Uh, you know, those kind of people, are, ah. and they're greeting and calling and saying, you know, my friend in front of, you know, okay, let the relationship, all right, go. I mean, it was somebody I introduced once. He knows. I've known this person longer than him. And when I introduced him, I said, you know, this person is very close to this person and he has things from his interaction with this person, he looked at me this way as though there's, not, there's no fight over all right? People, are, are you from saying here? Because you don't know who God wants to introduce you to. Anywhere there's strife, leave it. It means God has some doors. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Here? Say, well, we're struggling, promotion in the office, I must get it, I must get it. That desire for promotion doesn't necessarily mean in that office. When Joseph told his brothers, you will one day be bowing down to me. What Joseph thought and what his brothers thought was that the father's business was going to be, was going to be owned by Joseph. So they said, let's kill him. He can't be in control of the business. Let's kill him. Alright? After that, let's sell him. He will go away. The business will be ours. They didn't know that the, even Joseph didn't know that the issue was much bigger than that. So listen, don't die in the process. This is what I'm trying to say. Don't harden your heart. Don't, what he has for you is global, not local. Are you following what I'm saying now? What he has for you is global, not local. Don't start fighting. I mean, you see people fighting. Uh, Can you imagine yourself fighting in the prison to be the chief prison? (laughs) Can you imagine they promoted somebody in this place? After all, I have done. That all God allowed you to do was so that you will have capacity for where he's taking you to. That them not promoting you is so that you will take your eyes off that position and look to God there. The risk God has taken is that, listen, I I hope he has, she or she has intercessors to carry them so that they don't abort this thing that I've planned for them. And you will also come there to see, all right, one of the things you'll see is the rule of having people. You can't, let me tell you this, you can't make it in life just by yourself. You need prayer support of other people. That's why you hear Paul say, I know this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers. You will hear him in Second Corinthians say there, Second Corinthians, he said there, he said, look, all right, there, he says, you know, and through your prayers, this gift that was bestowed upon us. So you need to have people, because there are sometimes the thing may hit you so hard that you may need other people to help you, all right, and carry you in that place. Have those kinds of people, all right, uh, within your life that will help you in that kind of prayer there, intercession and all of that. The real truth is, if a person has a challenge in their life that they never overcame, you had a challenge, you had this problem, and you didn't overcome it. It's because you didn't tell people, call your close-knit people and say, I have a challenge in this area. Help me in prayer. If you ever call them and say, help me in prayer, they will take it out. That's why Peter and John went back to their company and humbled themselves and said, listen, there's a challenge here. Help us pray this day. What will have taken them years of struggle? The whole church came together, prayed the thing out. And so you begin to, that's one of the things, that's why Jesus said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. One of the things about the test is death of self. You begin to understand, all right, how to relate uh, with people there um, in the network and understand things better. I just want to say this here. When I was coming this morning to the app, I just want to say this because I didn't get to it, but it says, Learn how to get along with people. You know, I was to leave my house at 5 a.m. So at at 4.50, 5 a.m., I called the driver. I said, where are you? He said, I'm at the gate to the estate. Those guys have not opened the gate of the estate. Well, the road to the estate. So I'm waiting for them. So I heard him press the horn. Pam, pam, pam. So I called the phone. I said, well, he'll make it. So eventually he picked me up, and then we were going. And we go to the other, because we are going out through the other way. So those ones who had not opened the gates. So he sat in the car beside me and pressed the horn. Pam, pam, pam. So I looked out. I said, ah, the guys are sitting there. He just sat in the car. Pam, pam, pam. I said, he hasn't learned. If you wind down the window and ask him, how are you? Everything's going on fine. Uh, uh, last time, you come here every, almost three times a week. And you're still doing pam, pam, pam. You haven't learned to develop relationships with them. When he's in the car with me, and they, they see me, pastor, I didn't even know. Do you get what I'm saying here? Don't begin to behave. I, you understand this? learn to that's what one thing they said to get along with people you don't know what the gate man will do for you you don't know what a driver will do for you do you get what i'm saying have empathy that person you are pressing the horn for child may be in hospital if you wind down and say how are you hope everything is going on fine is there anything that's happening those are the people that tomorrow, if you, that's why people have difficulty. When they told me he was at the gate, uh, I said, he doesn't know them. If you know them, he was, he was, well, no, this point, he was still pressing the horn. I said, this man didn't get down from the car. You get down. Oh, where are they? Oh, God. You should know them by name now. Are you following what I'm saying? You can't just be doing faith, faith, faith. I'm faith. God will do it. You know, one day I went to see Pastor Duque, I'm close to this. And I was asking him questions. I went 20 minutes, one of the most transformative 20 minutes of, in fact, the most most significant 20 minutes of my life so far in terms of information. And I asked him something about leadership. He said, don't forget. This is a little with anointing. He said, how you treat the people matters. He said, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how powerful you can teach. He said, after God anoints you, the people must anoint you. Are you following what I'm saying? If they don't anoint you, they will not come. You think it's just that David was king. Did did you think God anointed David king? Do you see how many years it took before the people said you are supposed to be the king? Don't just depend on your anointing and your name. How you treat people matters. You understand this? And that's one of the major lessons he will teach you in a crisis. Father, in the name of Jesus... We thank you for what word. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Whatever they're going through, wherever they are, position they are right now, grant unto them the wisdom to navigate that situation. Open up the, their inner ears to hear your voice that they might be led by your spirit into the very table you have prepared for them. Let nobody under the sound of my voice lose out on that which you have prepared for that particular situation they are facing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.